We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to Prince Kai Fam Pod, where Marissa is queen, Captain is king, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. Today's episode is brought to you by Ramping Crew patron supporters. Thank you. Please welcome back Amanda from Fictional Hangover Podcast. Hi. Burr, 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 burr. Oh, yay. The would you rather sound. <laughs> <laughs> So today we are going to talk about fairest pages 30 to 49. But first, what are you currently reading? I am currently reading Shadow Kiss. No, that's a lie. Blood Promise. Um Vampire <laughs> like Academy how you book 4. Off by lying to me. I am lying <laughs> to you in everything that I do. No, I'm reading um <laughs> I'm reading Blood Promise. That's book 4 of the Vampire Academy series. And I'm also reading the third Frost Files book, Eye of the Shitstorm by Jackson <sighs> Ford. Okay. I love his books so much. It's like, it's, it's, it's me. I'm, I swear, if I had psychokinesis, I would be the star of these books. So they're great. The first one is called The Girl Who Could Move With Her Mind. And the second one is Random flying through the air i love it so much <laughs> yes i have the storm has just come out on april 27th that's awesome yeah they're so great they're so great i, I just wrote it down so <laughs> i can add it to my very very long list they're so great so I literally just started stalking Jack the Ripper. I actually haven't started it yet. So I finished Hidden Demon by Abigail Spigari. It was amazing. And I I literally finished it, put it back on the shelf, put a bookmark in the first page of Stalking Jack the Ripper, and then went to bed. So I haven't technically started reading it yet, but the bookmark is in there. I mean, that counts for something. Right? It's like yeah. almost practically done at this point. Yeah, really. <laughs> So everyone who is listening, this is coming out May 2nd. I wanted to give you a heads up that I decided this morning I was going to throw a little party. Hey! The two-year podcast anniversary is coming up on May May 19th. So I'm going to do a virtual Zoom party. And I've got like some fun games and trivia and bingo and scavenger hunt and prizes planned. And um, it's going to be on Patreon. So you can check that out, patreon.com slash Prince Guy Fan Pod, and remember that Patreon is a dollar. One dollar. That's one dollar. It's cheaper than a McChicken, as my husband likes to tell people. <laughs> I kind of love that. I kind of love that. It, it costs less for one year than a large pizza from Pizza Hut. That is also nice. <laughs> I'm glad you're making everything food related. I love food, girl. We just talked about how much I love Panda Express, right? That's true. Before we started recording, we bonded over our our love of Panda Express. Yes. Can you please make (laughs) a reference to your Patreon tiers in Panda Express form? Ooh, okay. (laughs) Hmm. 
<laughs> Do some math. Do some panda math. So it would be for 13 months of Patreon, you could get one bowl <laughs> and a drink, <laughs> if my math is correct. Thank you. But do, I will not ask people to choose between Panda Express and <laughs> Patreon because that is like Sophie's choice for me. So <laughs> I love me some Panda Express. And as I said before, it's like 45 minutes from my house now. So I don't eat it as much as I'd like. <laughs> That's a shame. I, know. I feel really Honestly, badly if it were closer, I'd probably lose money. Um. <laughs> you just need to join more Patreons. So, I do. You no, know, you do. won't be tempted. You can join Fictional <laughs> Hangovers Patreon if you so choose. You can join Prince Kai Fan Pod's Patreon. <laughs> you know, I think we should swap. I think we should. That way, that way, we can definitely both support each other. We can be Patreon buddies. We can be Patreon buddies. We have Yay. a one dollar tier too, so yeah. you can join that. Yeah, it's great. You can you can buy one panda bowl a year. <laughs> If you, I will, I will announce this right now on sure. your show. Sure. If you, Bethany, join Fictional Hangovers Patreon, I will buy you one panda bowl. You are crazy. Are you serious? <laughs> can yes, I instead have a shirt that says my heart is confused? Yes, you can. I promise. I promise I will draw that shirt for you. And you know what? I really want that shirt. I also don't want to tell my husband what it's about, but he knows like how dramatic I am and he knows I love Taylor Swift. So I'm almost positive if I walk around in that shirt, he's just going to think it's something Swifty related. And I really want to test out that theory. (laughs) I'll get on it. I really will. And everyone, please go check out the fictional hangover episodes on the selection series by Kira Cass so that you understand (laughs) what I'm talking about. (laughs) My heart is confused. God, I loved that series, though. I read that whole series in like a week. Although I did not like the last two books. I could have done without those. Yeah, they were a little... They they weren't for me, which is why we no. did not cover them on. Fiction I could have done over. without those. The little yeah. happily ever after booklet was cute. I liked it, but I could have done without the heir and the crown. Those, no. Nah. If you're listening right now, and you're like me, and you finished reading the selection series, and everyone was like, "Don't bother reading the last two; they're not good," and you were like, "I want to see for myself." Just trust us when we say don't bother reading the last two. They're not good. Save yourself 18 hours and go read a better book. Yeah. I suggest Marissa Meyer. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Anyway, what? What are we talking about? We're going to talk about fan art. And it's a very special fan art, by the way. So at the beginning of the year, I... Went to my Patreon team because a lot of them are wonderfully talented artists. And I said, I am about to do Ferris and I cannot find hardly any art that fits Ferris. It's just not available. And they said, we got you. So here is one of the we got you moments. This is from Abby Likes Books on Instagram. And it is the scene that we're going to talk about in these chapters. It is Lavana at her birthday party. 
falling over and being scared from the fire while Channery ignores her existence, basically. <laughs> um, and I love it because I got something that's so specific to the books. Like, this is an actual scene from the books. I love it. I mean, I hate that scene, but I love the scene, but I hate that scene. And it's a nice representation of it. It's perfect. I love it. And I love that, like, the trim... This is so incredibly detailed. The trim on the table, if you look at it, it's the moon cycles. I noticed that. In accurate order. I noticed that. I love it. That is some time to, that's attention to detail right there, Abby. You've got, you've got some good listeners, Bethany. I'm not I do. I'm so lucky. Did, did you see that one of them sent me an instant karma candle? No. It's on my Instagram page. She sent me an instant karma candle with a seal on it, which is like one of my favorite ocean animals. And it says like, whereas I'm scrolling on my Instagram so I can describe it to you. It says ocean waves and Fortuna Beach is the scent and it's glittery and it smells amazing. And I probably will never light it. It's just going to be like something I permanently treasure and not That's actually nice use. Though. You can look at it and you can still smell it. it still I still smell good. it. I'm just not going to light it. But it's amazing. I feel very lucky. I have some amazing listeners who are all very kind to me. I'm jealous. You are? I'm jealous of your listeners. Come on over. You join my join Prince Guy Vampire. All of my listeners, don't leave Amanda hanging. Go check out Fictional Hangover Podcast. She's done a bunch of Marissa books. I've listened to them. Yeah, we like Marissa Meyer, too. She's Maybe awesome. not as much as you, but <laughs> we still sure. like her. I'm not sure anybody does at this point. She called me the – so I did an episode with her at the end of Cress as, like, a wrap-up. And she even told me, like, I was more of a, an expert on her books than she is. <laughs> and I was like, I think I've just accomplished every life goal I ever had. I think I'm done now. You're done. I can't All top right. that. <laughs> nope. The end. The end. Why try? So <laughs> – Big thank you to Abby for making this for me. And our second one is by Abita Squirrel on uh, Tumblr. And this is of Lavana pretending to be Solstice, also from this chapter. You guys, seriously, my listeners are amazing. This is of Lavana pretending to be Solstice from this very chapter where she's standing at the top of the balcony. Not, It's not a balcony, is it? Landing? Stairwell? She's standing above and looking down. Uh, and I love it so much. How perfect is this? It's really nice. I also love um, that, like, I like I like her dress. I like the way it looks. It's, it's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I love it. And I love that, like, I love that it's not just Lavana. It's Lavana pretending to be Solstice. Which is heart wrenching. It is, and it's diff- And we'll talk about it in this chapter. The 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 issues that come with that. Yeah, because there are there are a lot. Yeah. Whew. I just get mm. chills from this. I'm, I'm so excited that you invited me on to talk about these like these segments of this book because they're I am too. they're my favorites. Well, then let's get to them. Yay. Okay, first, Patreon members voted for chapter titles last week. Chapter, or, well, they're not really chapter titles anymore, but they're sections. So section 
Pages 13 to 20 is I Wonder by Sean Mendez, and pages 20 to 30 is Jealous by Labyrinth. And now we're going to talk about some stuff that makes Amanda very happy. Oh, yay. Oh, that makes me sound like a terrible human being. That you're happy? Well, with the stuff that happens in this in these segments, well, come okay, on, that's fair. But like, it's just because we enjoy <laughs> talking about things. <laughs> it's Ins- okay. Insert maniacal laughter. <laughs> I know I'm a terrible person. It's okay. I'm- <laughs> you are not. So, anyways, anyway, <laughs> pages thirty to forty. It's the coronation day. Hooray. It's, Ch- it's Channery's coronation. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's not as, ex- it's about as exciting as what it was in uh, Frozen, right? Where, like, there's some people that are excited, but, like, there are some people that really aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Lavana's not. Is- no, Lavana is not excited about this at all. And you know what? Channery is a garbage person, so... I mean, she just doesn't seem to take anything seriously other than torturing her sister. That's like the only job that she puts all of her effort in. Yeah, that's all she cares about. Pretty much. That and promiscuity, to say it nicely. (laughs) (laughs) She'd be very popular. Because we don't do slut shaming on this podcast, but she does engage in a lot of activity with different people which she to each does. their own girl if it makes you happy right if it makes you, you happy do you boo boo you know if it makes you happy and you're not hurting anyone else you go for it it can't be that bad right so Cheryl Crow said <laughs> <laughs> let's see if any of our younger listeners even know who no, Cheryl Crow it just, is and there what were I'm crickets. talking about <laughs> there were crickets in the background I think like it they just have like right no idea who Cheryl Crow is or what I'm talking about nope nope <laughs> I enjoyed it, though. Thank you. Moving right along. So (laughs) Luna has basically forgotten that their monarchs were just assassinated. They are, like, in hella celebration mode, ready for their new queen, ready for any excuse to, like, drink and have fun and socialize. Uh, And we get a little bit of information about the lunar bloodline that is this royal family. Their bloodline, Cypress Blackburn was the first person to be born with the lunar gift. Interesting. How does he know? Right? What did and he do? And also for some reason, also for some reason that discovery made him go, "You know what? I'm king now. Kiss it." <laughs> <laughs> like who was like, "Yes, he has one random magical power, he should be king." I mean, if what if <sighs> There's right? like a lot of you know, there's a lot of like mind control that happens with the lunar there gift. There is, there is. So he's just bending everyone to his will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's it's a little frustrating because I feel like the lunar gift should have some limitations, especially if he's the first person with it. Like in theory it would grow stronger and stronger with each generation. So his was probably not as powerful or as potent. Or it could get watered down with each generation. Ooh, good point. So he could have been all powerful, like just a giant living brain. And <laughs> I'm picturing the brains from Futurama. Yes. Sorry. Me too. <laughs> me, too. me too. That's exactly where I went in my head. I love it. <laughs> 
So it, that could be. And he just, yeah. you know, he just said, hey, I'm king. And everyone's like, oh, hey, yeah, you're king, aren't you? Hey, nice to worship you, sir. <laughs> nice to worship you. That's, that's how people talk to royalty, apparently. Is it? Good, good. Mm-hmm. Now I know if I ever meet a queen what to say, and I have you to thank for that. As, as do all of the listeners. <laughs> Please don't so. say that to royalty. Don't do it. Lavana cannot stand that Channery is going to be the queen. She's silly and vapid and she just cannot stand it. Do you agree? Do you think Channery is going to be like a really be queen? Yes. I, I think she's going to be dreadful. She doesn't care. She doesn't care about anything except no, for the two things you mentioned us. earlier. No. <laughs> the two things I mentioned earlier. Oh. Yeah, it's not it's not going to be good. She's not a giant brain. No, she's not. She's a giant glass of champagne. That's nicer than what I would have said. Aw. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> so, as long as you the the rules on Luna are very simple. As long as you have Cypress Blackburn's blood in your body, you get to be in charge. As young as 13, you can be in charge. And you don't even need a council. You just have his blood, so you're it. I don't know how I'd feel about having a 13-year-old ruler without any council. I'm trying to think of, like, situations in the past where that may have happened. Wasn't King Tut, like, 12? I think so. Something like that. You know what I think of? And this is also going to, like, crickets over people's heads. I think of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh. Because that, yeah. okay. that leader That's was very point. young as well. But it just, no one understands. No one is Googling. as obsessed with Indiana I Jones as Googling. I am. Are you telling me that you're not so, obsessed with Indiana Mary, Jones? Queen of Scots, became the queen when she was six years old. Oh, six days? Yikes. That can't be right. I'm you know, things. she probably had a council, though. She probably. I'm sure she had a council. She wasn't giving baby orders. Like I'm trying to find one without the count, like without a council, and everybody has a freaking council. That's just how it is. Of course. I want to know how old King Tut was. I think you should look it up. Because I feel like he was like 12 or something. He accept- okay. He came to rule at the age of nine. But then he died when he was 19. Because, mm. you know, breeding and all that. Yeah. Turns out, not good. No. No. So, it's like not, uh, it's not surprising that Channery could lead. You know, like, that's how monarchies work. She's the firstborn. She's of the bloodline. That's pretty much all that matters. She does have a council, so... I guess it's okay if she all she cares about is partying because the council will be there to, like, keep everything in check, right? Yeah. I don't know. Still. Ugh. It's rough because, you know, is she going to go against her council? They're going to tell her to do something wise and she's going to drink champagne instead? You know, how's how's it actually going to go? That's true. Hmm. that's true we'll have to wait and see we will have to wait and see just a few more pages really yeah pretty much (laughs) 
So back at the funeral, Channery said she was going to faint and hopefully a cute guard would carry her away. And wouldn't you know it, Everett is the one that carries her away. Oh, Everett. And Lavana's speech is full of lies and fake tears. Because apparently no one is capable of any emotion on this planet except anger and and lust. Yes. That's all they do. Is that's this just that's all it is. Anyways. <laughs> so let's talk about some information that we get here. Earth used to be an ally. That's kind of a given, right? Like humans had to get to the moon somehow. Yeah, so you have to be friends for a little while. To send your people up there. In right. theory, in theory, it started as a colony. People went up there. People stayed up there. Generations passed. Uh, new babies were made and born. And they eventually, eventually their offspring led to Cypress Blackburn having this, this quote, gift. Cypress Blackburn, the giant brain, was born. Was born and he had this gift. <laughs> the lunar insignia is from when it was a republic. So prior to Cyprus being like, I'm ruler of all because I'm a god and a giant brain, it mm-hmm. was a republic. Now, what's interesting to me is that it was a republic, but there was no, as far as we know, as far as the reader knows, there was no pushback. There wasn't a revolution. There wasn't a civil war. There wasn't any kind of like factions going on. It was just like Cyprus was like, dude, I've got cool powers, so I'm in charge. And that's that's the end of it. Have a good day. But really, like we were talking about a moment ago, if he has, you know, some sort of mind manipulation, which is a lot mm-hmm. of the lunar gift, he could have just told everyone that he was king and they probably just went along with it. That's me making up my own story, and it's fine, but... I think it's fine. My main question is, like, how far does this gift go, right? Because he can control them when he's, like, within their vicinity, but we know that there's different sectors on Luna. So... Well, maybe there's not a lot of communication between the sectors, and he's there in the capital, and... He's declared himself king, and everyone's just like, yeah, okay. And they just spread the word. Hey, this guy's king now. And everyone's just like, okay. That is kind of how it's worked throughout history. Right? <laughs> some, I mean, some dude wanted to be in charge, and people didn't push back, so he was in charge. Yeah. And it, and, and not even just throughout history. Like, that happens now. Vladimir Putin was like, I'm president for life. And people were like, that's not a thing. And he was like... I will kill you if you say it's not a thing. And they were like, okay, it's a thing. Okay, yeah, it's totally a thing. It's totally a thing. Yep. And I'm not knocking Russia and Vladimir Putin. I don't live there. It could be great. I don't think it is, but it could be. But it's possible for people with enough power and influence to be like, look, I'm in charge. And they're in charge. And his offspring even took up that throne after he died. Yeah, you know, I mean, hundreds of years ago. What are you going to do about it? Start a revolution, according to Cinder. <laughs> oh, oh, is that what happens? Is that what happens? I don't know. Place? That's where we left off with the last book. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, so just, Cinder. Good job. 
If anybody has the hardcover, and I believe the paperback and even the new paperback has this as well. There's a beautiful tapestry described in this chapter. And if you open your book, you will see it on the inside. It is the inside cover artwork. It's gorgeous. I think it's absolutely beautiful. You know, I have the paperback copy, an older paperback copy. Is it not on the paperback copy? I mean, they're in the beginning and, you know, the first pages. Yeah, there's a beautiful... There's a beautiful illustration. But it's of, not the tapestry. I'm not sure. Let me, let me grab my paperback and check. It doesn't look like any of the paperbacks have it, so I apologize. I misled all of you. You started out this episode by lying. That was what I, I did. did. We're not great people. No, we're not. But if you have the hardcover, it's beautiful. Also, you can go look it up on the Prince Kai Fanpod website because it's I use it as my background. So, I mean, I like the artwork in the front of this paperback. Right? It's also beautiful. It's not the same artwork in the back because the artwork in the back is the cover of Winter. Eek! I'm so excited to get to Winter. Anyways. I like Winter. So, this part is weird <laughs> it's just weird I don't mm-hmm. know how else to describe it mm. Lavana is mesmerized by this tapestry and she says the only thing that would have made it more stunning is if it had been made by solstice hail and then for some reason unbeknownst to me her or anyone else in the entire universe Lavana decides that she gets to glamour herself to look like Solstice. Yikes. Can I just say that? I say yikes yeah, a yikes. lot on Fictional Hangover, but yikes. I don't know how I feel about this part. She, she doesn't want to look like Channery. She doesn't want Channery's beauty because it comes with her selfishness and her cruelty, and she just doesn't want that. But Solstice, it, it's she's beautiful, right? But it also, one of the things that Lavana likes about being Solstice is that it feels wrong. It's taboo, and that's what she likes about it. Well, Y'all, I, think, you know, I think Lavana needs to talk to somebody. I think she does, and this is... Once a week on a couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yikes. But, you know, Lavana. Lavana's not the hero of the story. She's not. She's just the main character of the story. Yeah. So let's read what she makes herself look like, because this is what we find out Solstice looks like, right? Yes. Lavana thought of her flawless complexion and the ringlets of dark hair draped over her shoulders, of her almond-shaped eyes, and the way her lips had had a just-kissed hint of rose to them. Though the idea that the redness was caused by a kiss was quite possibly a product of Lavana's own envy. She thought of Solstice's thick, flirtatious eyelashes and how she had seemed to glow with happiness, even on a day of mourning. She thought of Solstice's stomach, plump and round with the promise of a child. Everett's child. Oh. A child created by love. Yeah, that's that's lovely. That's beautiful, but don't make yourself that woman. Mm-mm. Okay. A child created by love, not advantage, not manipulation, 
by love. That makes me so sad for Lavana. And I don't want to be sad for Lavana. The Lavana I know is evil. Right. I don't want to feel sympathy for her. She does not deserve my sympathy. She does in this story for parts of it. So, as if this weren't awkward enough, Channery busts in. And Lavana freaks out because Channery can always see through her glamour. She doesn't know how, but Channery can always tell that it's Lavana. I want to ask you about that. What do you think it is? It's probably some mannerism that gives her away. Like, maybe her nostrils flare or... She plays with her fingers in a certain way. Maybe she maybe she subconsciously favors one arm over the other. We know she has a bad arm. So maybe Channery can tell by the way that she carries her arms. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that could be. That could be it. I was just thinking like she didn't stand with enough confidence and she's always kind of you know, sulky. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe she's just a little slouchy. But you know, it could it it probably could be that arm thing. Maybe it's like a smell. She like she perfume has a smell. or something. Like a perfume um, or something. I mean, you know, like went- dogs. Like okay, for example, my <laughs> husband is in the military, right? So he wears a military uniform, right? Mm-hmm. My dog Scamp knows who the hell he is. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but this one time, I took Scamp to a veterans parade where everybody wore his dad's outfit. Mm. And every guy he walked up to in that outfit wasn't his dad. And it was very stressful for him, which I didn't think of when I took him there. And he didn't realize it was his dad until he got to smell him, right? To this day, if Quentin comes home and does not take his hat off, Scamp will bark at him until he takes his hat off and Scamp can see his face, even if he knows it's him. Because it makes him uncomfortable, right? Yeah. But he relied on the smell. When everybody looked the same and he couldn't find his human, he relied on what he knew his human smelled like. So I'm not saying Channery's a dog, but, like, maybe there's some kind of, like, perfume or or hair shampoo or something that Lavana wears frequently that she doesn't think about that Channery can smell. Am I making any sense? (laughs) You are. You are. Okay. okay. You know, people have a smell. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're... You don't realize it yourself, but like your house has a smell, yep. and you know you you have I a wish smell. I wish I knew what so it was, though. I hope it's good. I know my sister says it always smells like peppermint. Well, that's nice. So if she smells any kind of peppermint, she thinks of my house. So that makes me happy. Yeah, well, I know my aunt's house. My aunt Robin, her house has smelled the same since I was a child, and it's like old factory nostalgia warm goodiness when I can when she sends me something in the mail and I smell (laughs) I can smell it you know I know exactly what you mean it's smelled the same since I was like born she's lived there since before I was born so that house is like the one constant in my life (laughs) I know I know what you mean um I visited my parents who moved into my late grandparents' lake house. And my grandfather had a barn. And I walked into the barn and it smelled exactly like my granddad. And 
not like tears of sadness, but just I smelled that smell and just just tears poured down my face because that I mean that's my granddad and I had hadn't smelled this smell for I mean he died when I was in high school so that's a long time for me because I'm elderly and <laughs> it was just it can be overwhelming yes it really was so I understand so let's hope that let's hope that Lavana has a good smell since we're deciding that it's her smell that's what it is now forget everything <laughs> else that we said it's her smell let's hope that it's a good smell Listeners, listeners, though, do take a moment. If you have a theory as to what it is, what her tell is, what her giveaway is, uh, email me, princekyfanpod at gmail.com. Patreon people, message it in the Discord chat. Start a lively debate. I would love to know everybody's opinion on what Lavana's tell is. Please keep me up to date on this. Absolutely. You have to listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh. (laughs) Amanda just revealed that she never listens to my podcast. Do you know what? I don't even <laughs> listen to my own podcast. I'm sorry, I Bethany. <laughs> I love you. As long as you love me, that's fine. I have I have vanity issues. So I'm loved and that's what matters the most in life. Can I tell you <laughs> that I've listened to my own episodes that I've been on on your show? So I have listened to that's it. Fair. That's fair. I have to make that's sure fair. you don't make me sound like an idiot. <laughs> Because I, I assume I'll get an email if I, if I did. Bethany, I think you're great. Thank you. I think you're great. Thanks. We are so nice to each other. We are really nice people. <laughs> Channery Bussin and Lavana is like, oh, crap. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm Solstice. I'm going to try to trick my sister. I'm solstice. I was waiting for my husband and I got distracted by all the pretty decorations. I'm super sorry. I'm going to peace out. And Channery is, I don't know, just mean. She's so she, mean. She is so <laughs> mean-spirited you right here. You know what? You have, you have the book with you, right? I do. Can you do her mean-spirited? I think you have a better like voice for it than I do. I have a terrible voice. Is that what you're telling me? No, I just don't think I'm good at being an adult. I think I sound really young when I talk. <laughs> I and I try to be scary too. and people are like, you're not scary. And I'm like, okay, my bad. Is this um, – <laughs> you're not You're not scary at all. You're tiny no. and adorable and everyone no. loves you. Quit trying to be hateful. <laughs> yeah, do you want to read her response when Solstice slash Lavana says, may I take my leave of you? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, said Channery, still hesitant. And don't let me catch you up here again. This isn't a playground for the desperately bored. If you need something useful to occupy your time while you're, she gestured at Lavana's stomach, reproducing, I'm sure my lady's maid can find something for you to do. There will be no idleness under my rule, not even for women of your condition. That's my favorite quote from this from this segment and I'm so happy that you asked me to read it because I love that she's like while you're reproducing. <laughs> I love the pause of like what's the nicest word I could use of like mm. Mm. I love it mm. so much. I also love the So for listeners who don't know, Amanda is an incredibly talented audiobook up and coming audiobook narrating star. Hey, um, thanks. And thanks for this, that. 
this reading just shows me why, because I think you did such a beautiful job of that. And you did such an amazing job getting into that character. And I love this moment with Channery because while she is mean to Lavana and she says she wants to be remembered as the queen who never stops laughing, this is our first interaction where she's meeting just a regular royal, like just a regular a subject of hers, a regular citizen. And this is how she treats her for just standing near her. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> she stood like... near her, Amanda. That was her crime. <laughs> How dare you? I feel like, um, you know, the queen that, that never stops laughing. I feel like it's that's not a jovial laugh. That's like a maniacal laugh. There's different um, kinds of laughs. So she's the maniacal laughing queen. Maniacally I think she's the maniacal laughing queen. laughing queen. I agree. <laughs> and I also think that she takes pride in that. Oh, definitely. You can't like I think you can't be this terrible of a person without being proud of it. So you know she is. Yeah. And you know, in this moment, she acts the way we would expect Lavana to act. Our Lavana from the books. Right. Not cute little 15-year-old Lavana who is weird. Who has currently <laughs> glamoured herself to be a pregnant woman of the man oh, that she gosh. loves. Stop it. Oh, stop, gosh. stop it. Stop it. It's weird. Stop so it. Channery is like messing with her. And I, I think Channery does know that it's Lavana. Oh, of course she does. Because she of her smell. Literally, she says, because of her smell. Um, <laughs> she says, you're Everett's wife, right? Tell him thanks for comforting me. And she kind of hints. That he was, like, comforting her in a way that is not appropriate for a married man to behave. If, he, no. if he's a faithfully married man, I should say, because I don't judge people's marriages. Maybe yours doesn't focus on monogamy. But right. in theory, <laughs> that's what marriage is. And yeah. this comforting is definitely done with an arched eyebrow. Yes, arched eyebrow, beautifully said. <laughs> and that's when Lovana loses her cool and yells at her and says, you're lying. And then Channery is like, ha, I knew it was you. What the hell are you doing pretending to be some guard's wife? Oh, yeah. I was, I'm all, I was I'm just, just practicing. Yeah, right. Stop it. Stop being the pregnant wife. It's weird. It's weird and you make us uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And Channery brings up a good point. Are you practicing for a life of loneliness? <laughs> He's married. And you're not going to catch the eye of anybody else by being a poor pregnant wife. Nope. Nope. Oh, but then it gets worse. Then it gets worse. Oh, are you hoping that Sir Hale himself sees you like this? Oh, burn. It's so bad. <laughs> But, you know, but, you know, it's the question somebody should ask Lavana. What is her end game here? Yeah. What did she think was going to happen if she started walking around pretending to be Solstice Hale? Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's bad. Okay. Let's pretend that you're 16. You're in high school. You have a crush on, like, the hot math teacher or something, right? Okay. Okay. You find out his wife is pregnant. They like show up for a PTA meeting or a bake sale or whatever. And you have the power to glamour. Are you going to pretend to be his wife? No. I feel like if I saw my hot math teacher's pregnant wife. <laughs> you like my analogy? I do. I really, really do. 
Although when I was in high school, it was the chemistry teacher that I really liked. So Well, we can go with that. That's fine. I was just trying to come up with like a similar scenario to a 15-year-old. Right. So if I saw my hot math slash chemistry teacher's pregnant wife, I think I would immediately lose the crush. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not, mm, I'm not there yet, man. (laughs) That is not for me. I, like, in my current life, do not want children. So seeing someone who desires to have children at that age would have put me off immediately. So I would have been like, you know what? No. Same. No. Mm. I don't even know if Lavana desires to have children. It seems more that she just desires to have anything that belongs to Everett in any way. Yeah, probably. And this, quote, love that she had, I don't think it's love. I think it's a very disturbed obsession. Yes. Um, but this, like, emotion that she has for Everett is, it's very disturbing, to say mm-hmm. the least. Mm-hmm. I do think she should talk to someone once a week for about an hour from a couch. Mm-hmm. Preferably that person has a shiny degree on their wall and a clipboard in their hand. Yeah. <laughs> One or two degrees would One be or good. Two. That would be nice. Lavana holds her glamour and says that Chattery is just jealous because she has no originality with her glamour. She just always looks like herself. Well, when you're ridiculously gorgeous, you don't really have to mess with it. But that's my personal opinion. (laughs) But then Lavana stops mid-sentence and about loses her mind because Everett walks up. Oof. Ooh, and he's confused. So I have a question. The glamour makes her look like Solstice. Does it make her sound like Solstice? That is a very good question. And if if you think about it, if you relate it back to Harry Potter like I do with everything I was in my just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> if you, in the world of Harry Potter, you know, take a polyjuice potion not in the movies. We're not talking about the movies. But if you use potion, you take on the vocal characteristics of the person that you're turning into because it's all based on, you know, your vocal cords and the way your body is put together. So I would think that in this case, I mean, I feel like the glamour is just the outside. So I don't know if her voice would change or not. But, but it might. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's got to. He wouldn't have. It's got to. Let's just say yes, it does. For the same body morphing if, if vocal it doesn't, characteristics. If it doesn't, it would have to be very jarring to see your partner have the voice of essentially a child not and I don't want my listeners who are 15 to think that I'm like saying you're not mature at that age when I was 16 I had an apartment like I'm not saying people who are teenagers are necessarily children I'm saying Lavana the character she acts like a child she, she acts does. like a 15 year old child who's very entitled very spoiled and has had very little in her life that actually challenges her intellectually in any kind of way or maturity for that matter so i do think lavana herself is very childlike and this particular scene just furthers that mhm 
So he gapes at her. He stares at her clothes. And Lavana so wishes that she was Solstice. She wishes that she could be the woman that he that he wants, that his wife is. But instead, Channery, do you want to do it again? Do you want to do your Channery voice again? <laughs> Lavana gulped and wished and wished and wished and wished that she were truly his beloved. Oops, said Channery. I guess I should have told you he was down here. Completely slipped my mind. Yeah, it totally did not slip your mind, you jerk. Uh-uh, girl. Horrible. You were waiting for it. That's why she kept her there. That's why she, like, sidetracked her. She was like, ooh, oh, I know it's Lavano. This will yes. be great. This will be rich. This will entertain the hell out of me. Oh, it's so terrible. Don't worry, you silly man. This is my baby sister only pretending to be your wife. Oh, it's gross. It's gross and terrible, and I love it. Oh, read the last line, though, because I love uh, I love Channery. Between you and me, I think she might have a bit of a crush on you. Isn't that just darling? Oh, no, it's not. It's not. It's terrible. It's gross. But, but what's very interesting is this is Lavana in the ball scene of Cinder. When Cinder shows up at the ball and is trying to kiss Kai and stuff, this is how Lavana acts. She what? basically mocks them and their emotions and teases him about loving another woman. Like, it's so interesting how much the Lavana in this book hates Channery and everything about her and how much the Lavana in the other books that we've been with is so much like Channery. Smarter, more strategic, probably a better ruler, but so much like Channery. Well, you know, this is where she learned it. Yeah. She does it better, though. She does it better. She does do it better. She does a much better job of it. It's more her personality. So, Lavana wants to know what's worse. Impersonating... My cell phone going off for my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Impersonating Solstice and being caught. Or Everett finding out that she has a crush on him. Oh. I'm going to go with impersonating Solstice. Everybody has crushes that I can get over. Impersonating his pregnant wife, that's just creepy in a way you can't explain. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. That's definitely worse. Yep. You know, if we ever cover this book on Fictional Hangover, that will have to be one of the would you rather questions that we ask. Oh, absolutely. I hope it is. I can't wait to answer it when it is. <laughs> and maybe I'll come on as a guest for that one, too. Well, of course. I've already told you, anytime, if if we go back to this series, anytime. Yay! Yay! And if you ever do Instant Karma, too. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. I liked it. Did you read it? No, I haven't read it. It's good. So, Lavana thinks it doesn't matter. They're both mortifying, and she just runs. She rips off her necklace, her gloves. She completely pulls her dress apart. She's never going to wear them again. And this part, like, breaks my freaking heart. Oh, my gosh. And I I love Marissa Meyer, but I'm also like, dude, please stop making me feel bad for Lavana. I want to hate her again. <laughs> this last line kills me. She was so stupid. 
such a stupid, stupid girl, forever thinking she could be admired, forever thinking she could be beautiful or adored or noticed, forever thinking she could be anything at all. Lavana, I've been there, girl. Yeah. Not in a while because I'm 31 and happily married, but I have been there. <laughs> Same. I have definitely felt extremely insignificant in my life. Oh, definitely. It's not a good feeling to have. Whether no, it's you're not. 31 or not 31. <clears throat> or 15. Or 15. It's not or a good feeling. Right. It's not a good feeling. It's not a good my, feeling. Um, slight tangent. My birth mother went through a divorce at 38. And so she probably she... felt that way too. Yeah. It's very difficult to deal with. Oh. <sighs> so. That's rough. Now it's time for the coronation. And. Lavana has decided that she's going to be invisible. If she can't be solstice, if she can't be beautiful, she's going to be invisible. With waxen hair and skin so pale, it's almost invisible. And her glamour even fades her tears away so you can't see them. And she even wears like just plain white outfits that draw no attention to her whatsoever. She basically is like, how can I be a wallflower? That is my life ambition. Yeah. She's she's practically see-through. Yeah. Transparent. Mm-hmm. And even like, and, and that is definitely transparent as to what she's doing and why she's doing it. She's being very yeah. obvious. And I think part of her is doing it to get attention. And it's oh, not yeah. working. Definitely. And it's not working. No, it is not going the way she wants it to go at all. She does go with the flow. She bows to Channery, and like all the other lunars, she praises her, but she refuses to look at her. And here's something gross. Channery drinks the blood of her people from a golden chalice. Okay, so is it like a really dark red wine that's like metaphorical, like what they do in church on, I'm Jewish, what's it called? I'm not religious. I don't know. What's it called? It's Catholic, uh, right? Communion? Thank you. I think that's right. I don't know. We don't do it in I think synagogues. I'm sorry. I think it's communion. I know 100- everyone listening is like, Bethany, you're so dumb. Of course it's this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 100% <laughs> positive that it is communion. Okay. So that's is it like the called. communion where they drink fake wine and it's like symbolic and it's metaphorical for the blood of her people? Or is there like some weird batch of lunar blood at a hospital and she like gets a little bit? I don't know. Because it could be either or. I mean, I kind of like the idea of uh, like she <laughs> of just, a real blood. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely real blood. <laughs> But like maybe it's like a pricked finger from everyone in her council or something. Something like that. I really need to this might be one of the things I ask Marissa later in life. Yeah. Yeah. How how did Channery acquire the blood of her people to drink? Kind of. Yeah. I would like to know the answer to that question as well. Yeah, I'm gonna put stars next to it. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, is this blood? Is it actual blood? Did she like call down to the hospital and they were like, we'll send over a bag of O2 or. No, I like the idea. She just makes everyone stand in a line. And drop a blood, drop, put a drop of blood in. She like passes down. Mm -hmm. Everybody like gets a needle. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, like, the invitation to her coronation comes with three things. A needle, an alcohol wipe, and a Band-Aid. Yes. yes. And everybody has to drop. Yep, this is canon now. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's how you RSVP. You send your vial of blood back. <laughs> you send in a vial of your blood. Yes, I love it. I actually would not be surprised, though. That's the thing. Like, this seems, like, completely savage and vulgar and out of – out just completely – unobtainable but i would Mm -hmm. not be surprised if every citizen was required to send in a vial of their blood yeah or something or at least like in artemisia like in the city or something yeah i'm i'm 100 sure that that is what happens you rsvp yeah that's canon now so she cuts her finger (laughs) 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 she cuts her finger and Let's her own blood splatter into this beautiful, ornate marble bowl. And Lavana is just, like, trying so hard to ignore what's happening. But also trying not to hyper-focus on Everett. Because she doesn't think Channery is going to take these vows to heart. She knows Channery is going to be a crappy queen, so she's not happy about being here. But also, Everett is here. Mm. That's terrifying for her. Yeah. But you kind of can't help but stare at him a little bit. Again, I've been there. I've had crushes. Like, I know what it's like to, like, try to not stare, but you want to stare. But, like, did he just look at me? If I look at him too long, will he look at me? Like, I've been there. Yeah. I've been young and obsessed and young and in love and young and having a crush on someone who didn't know I existed. Like, I've totally been there. Yeah. And, you know, with your all-white outfit and your pale, pale skin and your see-through hair, he totally looked at you and thinks, oh, why, why is she doing this? He was probably like, what the hell? Yeah. Because she can't blend in. She is the princess. She's probably in a position of honor at this ceremony. She's yeah. not, like, in a random pew somewhere. She's probably pretty close to the action. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely would be. So, Lavana decides that she is nothing, a statue, a girl carved of regolith and dust, and she hates her sister. Her sister does not deserve the crown in any way, and she already kind of has an idea of what lunars need in their queen. They need to increase their economic potential, continue research and technological advancements, and they need to make Artemisia the most beautiful and enviable city in the galaxy. So Channery wanted to be known as the queen who never stopped laughing. And 16-year-old Lavana, who doesn't even have the throne, knows what a ruler needs. Because this, despite the fact that lunars are evil, this is something that a good country should have. They should have a strong economic environment, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They should have research and technology advancements. They should have teams that work on those things they should have well i mean a beautiful city whatever but a lot of people want that they want things to look pretty mm-hmm. but mostly the economy the research the technology like lavana does have somewhat of an idea of what a queen could do to impact her people she's got a better idea than channery does channery wants to party she does channery wants to put on her club mix and Open a bottle of champagne and pick a boy and go have fun. Or Or two. Start a line. Pick a name out of a hat. Everybody gets a number. Like, she just wants to have fun. She has no desire to worry about the economy. 
to question technology advancements or what resources they might need. She doesn't care at all if the palace is beautiful. She cares if she's beautiful. She probably thinks that she's enough. I'm sure she does think she's enough. Who cares? What what else does it matter as long as Channery is beautiful? What else Mm -hmm. does the queen need? Mm -hmm. Right? That's how she looks at things. But instead of Lavana getting to be the one that makes a difference, instead of Lavana getting to be the one that rules her kingdom, that's what Channery gets to do. And Solstice gets to marry Everett and have this beautiful family and be in love and happy forever. And and Lavana gets nothing. She has to spend the rest of her life in her sister's shadow. That last line, gut punch. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's the end of those pages, you guys. She literally is just... This, by the way, is what we call depression. It is. There's also quite a bit of anxiety in there. She desperately needs to see someone or try to find a way to invoke positivity in her own life and try to deal with her mental illness herself. But this is a very good description of what it's like to start developing anxiety and depression. Yeah, but you know who it's really tough when you get to this point in your life that, you know, who are you going to turn to for help? Because she already feels like. Who could she turn nothing. to? Right. It's Who not like she... she could go to a doctor and be like, hey, can I have some antidepressants? Because then she'd be known as weak. Yeah. Or they would call her crazy or. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't. It... It's, it's not tough. like she can go and talk to a therapist. Right. For the same reasons. It's not like she has a friend she can confide in. Yeah. She's, she does not have a good situation here. Right. And she doesn't have a sisterhood relationship where she could like, I can call my sisters and complain to them about being depressed and they're going to comfort me and be there for me. She doesn't have that kind of relationship with her sister. Yeah. She doesn't have anyone in her life that she can look up to. She She doesn't doesn't have have anybody in her life. Period. She doesn't have friends. She doesn't have companions. She doesn't even have like someone that helps her pick out outfits. She has seamstresses who do what they're told. She has servants who do what they're told and she does what she's told. And that's her entire life. And that is extremely lonely. It is. But we're not supposed to feel bad. for. <laughs> I know. It's so frustrating. <laughs> right. But it's also interesting because how does she go from this sad, pathetic, lonely girl that we very much sympathize and relate to, to the evil Lavana from Cinder? You know what? I think we should keep reading. <laughs> I think we should. But first, let's talk about we'll some out. chapter titles. Okay. So you go first. What was your chapter title for this section? My chapter title for this section is Stupid Girl by Garbage. It's a good song. Perfect. Yeah. It it's also a, an actual sentence from the book. It well, really is. Fragment, but, you know. It is. But it's good. It's it fitting. Good. Especially like the lyrics of the song are fitting. It's good. So I chose Shadow by Ashley Simpson. Which is literally a song Ashley Simpson wrote about being in the shadow of her big sister, who's also beautiful, successful, talented, the firstborn, that kind of stuff. So obviously it fits perfectly for her relationship with Channery, but I also think it fits for Solstice. 
I think she's in Solstice's shadow, despite nothing that Solstice or Everett has done to invoke it. I think Lavana desperately yearns to be Solstice and she feels, and that's part of the reason that she pretended to be her was so she could be on that level for just a second. Yeah. Yeah. So you had two quotes for this one, right? <laughs> I did, but you you already let me read out my my one quote. So I oh, the reproducing line that was yes. hilarious. <laughs> so so good. But so my let's other do one. the one that breaks my heart instead. Oh, mm. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, I love it. It's I beautiful writing one. on Marissa's part, and it also inspired my song choice. Absolutely. She was so stupid. Such a stupid, stupid girl, forever thinking she could be admired, forever thinking she could be beautiful or adored or noticed, forever thinking she could be anything at all. Oh, I just want to cry for her, but I don't. But she is evil. Why do I want to give her a hot chocolate and a hug? I know. I know. You know what? Sometimes you can love villains, too. The villains are always my favorite in every story, so. (laughs) They're the interesting ones. Yeah, they really are. So my quote was, Only Lavana, too young and ugly to matter, would go on living in her sister's shadow until she faded away and everyone forgot that she'd ever been there to begin with. Also what sparked my song choice, but, oh, I love this vulnerability from Lavana. I but hate this character. <laughs> and Marissa is such an incredible writer that I'm relating to her. What? I feel bad for her. I've been there. Like, I've been. Okay, I mean, I haven't been in love with, like, a guard and pretended to be his pregnant wife. But, like, I've been in situations where I feel like I'm in someone's shadow where I have desires and ambitions that seem unobtainable. Uh, but other people get to have them, which, of course, makes you so incredibly frustrated in life. So, yeah, I totally get it. It's rough. We just have to take what we learn from Lavana, do a lot of things the complete opposite way, mm-hmm. and don't become an evil tyrant. Pretty much. Just do the opposite of everything that Lavana has ever done. <laughs> Starting with where not pretending to be other people. (laughs) This is the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Dawn and Ashley. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club ladies that don't always agree, but we do enjoy a good book discussion. You can find the Novel Universe on Apple, Spotify, and Google, where we post new episodes twice a month. I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. And I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. So grab your favorite beverage and join our universe. Pages 40 through 49. Again, we've got some interesting tough stuff to, to talk about here. Yes, we do. So it's been two weeks since the coronation and it's Lavana's birthday. Yay. Except for not. Sweet this is the 16th. worst birthday party. Okay, you're a similar age to me. Do you remember how MTV, or was it VH1, used to have, like, this My Super Sweet 16 TV show and had that song by Hilary Duff, and it was always about these ridiculously rich kids who had a ridiculous Super Sweet 16 party? I did not have that in my life. Okay, well, there's a song by Hilary Duff from the early 2000s, and it's literally...
And there was this TV show. It was either on MTV or VH1, but it was literally just like spoiled rich kids having an extravagant Sweet 16 party and making me feel really bad about my bowling alley one. <laughs> um, there is nothing wrong with a bowling alley birthday party. I, I had fun. There. <laughs> I would have been there. The creepy person, you know, like too old to be at your 16th birthday party. You would have been in the invisible girl outfit. I would have been. I would have been. <laughs> but also pregnant at the same time. No, no, no. Yeah, no, that's no, weird. No. Now we took it too far. We did. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so after the coronation, it's her birthday. So the celebration is going to be pretty lame in comparison. There's an illusionist at her party. Now, this I think is interesting that there's an illusionist because they have glamours. Surely they can illusion whatever the hell they want. So yeah, really. What is this dude doing? Uh, flirting with the queen. <clears throat> I For believe. starters. I believe starters. that is exactly what he is doing. <laughs> so this is uh, where our fan art comes into play. You'll, you'll notice it a lot more later on in the story. But Lavana once again, is wearing her invisible pale girl glamour. And she pretends not to notice all the fun magic tricks by the illusionist because none of it matters. It's not about her. It's about the queen, not the girl whose birthday it actually is. It's just about the queen and pleasing the queen and entertaining the queen and making her do what she loves most, which is laugh. No. Make her- we made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. That's all she cares about. It's terrible. It's not fun. (laughs) It's it's the worst birthday party. It's pretty rough. Yeah. And so now we have another moment. Okay. I don't, it's so hard to like explain without reading it. So I think I'm just going to read it. The illusionist turned a tablecloth into a lion and a lady's handkerchief into a rabbit. And the crowd oohed and awed and placed jovial bets as the lion chased the rabbit under tables and around their ankles. Then the pretend rabbit hopped up into the queen's lap who giggled and went to stroke the long floppy ears of the creature and vanished. And then on top of that, there's like two figures that are naked and like writhing together and... That's not appropriate for a 16th birthday party. Well, it's not about her. It's about the queen, and the queen kind of likes it. And (sighs) Lavana predicts that he will be warming the queen's bed. Mm. That's a subtle way of not so subtly saying things. And it says that entertainment like this, with this degree of adult content is not uncommon it's not shocking at all that's terrible this is not this is not appropriate for a 16 year old i'm old she should be at the bowling alley she should be having fun she should be at the bowling alley she should be at laser tag she should be having cake and a sleepover with her best friends watching scary movies or rom-coms or something yeah, she should not she should not be watching fiery sex. Not no. appropriate. Not appropriate. This part is where my song choice came in. Um, because I thought of it. 
as soon as I saw this line there, because they're at a party. Okay, so there's a song called Gorgeous by um, this artist named Taylor Swift, if anybody's ever heard of her. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever heard of this. If anyone's listened to this podcast, they've heard of her, because I never shut the hell up about her. (laughs) So the song has a line in it. Think about the consequence of your your magnetic field being a little too strong. And then in this, and that's also at a party, that song is. And in this moment, she thinks about Everett having this gravitational pull that she can't resist, where she always needs to know where he is. She always feels drawn to him. And so I thought of that song. And again, multiple times throughout this this episode or chapter, but I just desperately felt it right there when she said she could feel Everett's presence in the room like a gravitational pull. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel that way? Have you ever felt like you could tell someone from a gravitational pull or whatever? You know, not lightly because I haven't been around humans. Um, right? <laughs> but yeah, I've experienced that before. And it's really like mine hasn't been such a, you know, she's obviously obsessed with this guy. It hasn't been that mm-hmm. way. But you know, like when something exceptionally awkward is happening and you oh, know yeah. there's someone across the room that you know is probably thinking the exact same thing and you just can't help but look at them and then you burst into laughter because yeah <laughs> something exceptionally terrible is happening yeah i've i felt that way before not not so much the um not so much the obsessive sort of way but yeah i've totally felt it i think i felt this way in different scenarios too but not necessarily in the same way that lavana is drawn to him i i know she thinks of it as this this romantic gravitational pull i'm gonna call it obsession since that's what it mm-hmm. actually is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the knowledge of everett seeing this same provocative show and thinking about his wife again makes lavana feel pathetic and insignificant and She hasn't spoken to Everett since he saw her pretending to be his pregnant wife two weeks ago. Mm. Awkward. Well, it's not unusual because they never spoke anyways, right? She's just been loving him from afar. Right. But obviously he's going to avoid her now. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he's doing like a respectful thing. You know, he knows that this girl is completely 100% obsessed with him. So he's not he's not going to be like dancing around in front of her, you know. He, he's I feel also like he's, 25, married, expecting a child. She's 16. Yeah. So I feel like I, mean, I feel yeah. like you know, he's a good guy. So he's not going to he's not going to try to make her feel worse. No, but he's definitely going to try and make sure that he doesn't come off as inviting. Right. Definitely. And unfortunately, anything he does, I think, is going to be inviting because Lavana even says she couldn't avoid a fantasy that maybe he was also flattered. Maybe he had begun to notice how his heart fluttered extra fast when when he saw her. Maybe he was regretting marriage. He wasn't. He wasn't, babe. No, sweetie, he's not. Mm Mm-mm. Or realizing that marriage was a sil- was as silly a convention as many of the court families believed it to be, and that he loved her. No. No. No, he doesn't. Sorry. No. Because no. he didn't get married for political gain. He didn't get married for advantageous reasons. He didn't get married for 
a dowry or to combine two families. He got married because he loved his wife. Yeah. And they're not having a baby to produce an heir and carry on the bloodline. They're having a baby so they can have more love in the world to share and because they want to be parents and raise a baby together. And these are things that Lavana is not used to. No, she has she doesn't know any of this. She doesn't no. know love. She doesn't she doesn't understand. She can't understand. It's not something that she sees. She even says, like, that's how the court is. That's how her parents were. That's how her sister obviously is. Yeah, so that's normal, right? No. No. And it leaves her feeling even more depressed. As it should, sweetie. You have to get that out of your head. That's not real. That's like that's like 12-year-old me thinking I was going to marry Colt from Charmed. It was never going to happen, Bethany. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby. I Bethany. was that's so in happen. love with him. I had, like, notebooks that said, like, Mrs. Cole Turner. Like, I legit, when I was, like, 11 and 12, I was going to marry Cole Turner. Okay? <laughs> Anybody who's watch- who watched Charmed as a kid, he was hot, right? On that show, he was a very good-looking dude. Okay, anyways. <laughs> I don't even, like, have a celebrity crush at my age now, but, like, when I was in, like, junior high, I was obsessed with Charmed, and I was for sure gonna marry Cole. I'm sure. I'm sure you were. If if only he had met you. And he wasn't insanely old. Right. <laughs> he and was, like, <laughs> you he had- was, like, 35, and oh. I'm, like, 12 and crushing yeah. on him hardcore. <laughs> Well, you know, just show up as his pregnant wife, and he'll totally fall in love with you. He'll totally fall in love with me. So now we have the wonderful moment from our fan art. The candles explode, and Lavana screams and falls to the ground, but no one else seems to give a shit because everybody knows that the flames are just an illusion. And everyone starts laughing at her and this guard comes to help her up and sits her back down and Channery could not care less. If anything, it's just more amusing to her. It adds to the humor and amusement and entertainment that, that the illusionist is putting on. Yes. Insert maniacal laughter here. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, it's bad. And the illusionist even says, like, I'm so sorry, is the princess afraid of fire? And Channery says, oh, don't worry about her. We can't let her childish fears ruin all our fun. (laughs) We can't let her being terrified at her birthday party ruin her birthday party. Right? What? What? And the illusionist tries to comfort Lovata. He's like, look, it's not real. It's just an illusion that there is a little bit of fire underneath, so be careful. But nobody gives a crap. Nobody even remembers that Lovata was freaking out a second ago because that's not the event that they're at. They're at this party. Who cares that it's for her birthday? No one. Literally no one. So she won't even eat her dessert, her birthday dessert. Um. She's basically just like, I'm done. I'm going to bed. And no one even notices her leave. Oh, I hate that for her so much. It's her birthday party. People should it's be It's like, her oh, party. Don't and she should it. get attention if she wants to. Is that? <sighs> oh, no. You already cho- you already expressed your I already I already chose a song, but that would have been a good one. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. I can't believe neither one of us thought of that. That would have been a great one. What were, you know, why were, we were sleeping on the job, girl. You know, I thought about it, but I was afraid because the last time I was on the show, I picked something that was like completely, totally obvious. And you were like, yeah, we already did that one. So I did. That's fair. That's fair. 
So Channery is feeding the illusionist chocolate and Lavana wonders what he looks like underneath the glamour because he could be anyone. They could all be anyone. And Lavana is the only one who can't figure out who she wants to be. Poor Lavana. This is really sad. This is a really heartbreaking situation. I don't like it. I don't. Okay. <laughs> well, it's because you feel badly for her. I do. I'm sorry. So, Lavana goes up to her room, and a guard stops her and says, "Oh, um, Everett wanted me to give you this." And Lavana immediately thinks, "Oh, it's a trick." Well, but, I mean, why wouldn't you? Right. Everything else is terrible. Poor Why Everett. Everett's trying to be nice and he doesn't realize he's making it a million times worse. Oh my God. He totally did too. So he looks, she looks over at him and he smiles and gives her a salute and a salute. And, and Lavana even tells herself a salute could mean nothing or everything. Stop it, dude. Stop. It's bad. She runs to her room. She tells her maid to GTFO and she opens her gift. <laughs> Because she has to do this privately. So she sits at her mirrorless vanity and she removes the paper like as delicately as she possibly can. And inside the box were shreds of more brown paper and nestled among them a small pendant of planet Earth. Silver, perhaps, though it was tarnished and bent. It seemed very old. Oh, very pretty. That's a lovely gift. It is a lovely gift. But isn't it a little romantic? Giving her the whole world? No. Stop reading too much into it, Lavana. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm I'm Lavana, dude. I've been there. I can totally see where her mind is going. Everyone listening is judging me. Um <laughs> It's a pity gift. <laughs> a very big pity gift. Probably encouraged by his wife to make her feel better, to be honest with you. So, there's a handwritten card, and it says, Your Royal Highness, I hope that giving you a birthday gift will not be seen as overstepping my station, but I saw this and thought you might like it. May you have only happiness in this, your 17th year. Your friend and most loyal servant, Everett Hale. And at the bottom of that, it says, My wife also sends her warmest regards, to which Lavana is like, Gag, who cares about her? And rip she literally tears that part off and like is done with it she's like whatever but she reads Everett's words over and over and over and over again and is just obsessing over them that is where we end this uh segment i've been there though that's my thing girl okay my husband is in the military so he gets deployed right that means he abandons me for Okay, I realize this, I'm getting glared at. I realize it's not actual abandonment, <laughs> but it means that, it means that he leaves me for long periods of time where I am alone and I'm very dramatic and pathetic. And I will legit listen to voicemails, okay? On repeat where it's like, I love you. And I'm like, play again. I love you. Play again. I love you. Because I'm getting judged by my own husband right now, you guys. I'm, seriously. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of judging you too. I get lonely and sad and I miss him and I want to talk to him and he's not there. I'm sorry. So I totally get it. 
difference being I'm 31 and should probably not have those mannerisms anymore. And Levon is 15 and it's kind of understandable what with hormones and lack of experience that, she, and obviously neglect and PTSD maybe that she's going to obsess over any tiny shred of kindness. Yeah. Can I ask have you, you never question? obsessed over that? Yeah. Ask me a question. Sorry. Um, Everett's letter says, you know, this, your 17th year. But didn't yeah. I thought that too. But I was thinking this is her 17th year. You know? Because yeah. your first year on the planet is before you were a year old. Yeah. And then your second year on, you know, like after your first birthday, it's in between your first and second. So you're in, you're experiencing your second year of life, right? Yeah. So just, it's an odd turn of phrase, but that's what I took it to mean. Do you know what I took it to mean? Sure. That he's not obsessed with her. And, and doesn't, doesn't even know how old she is. And doesn't know how old she is. That's probably pretty accurate. Another but you're right. But you're right. It could be the it could be what you said. I mean, it's probably what you said. It probably is. But that's just I took it a different way. Writing it down, maybe it'll be another question for Marissa. <laughs> Cause I do a wrap up with her at the end of every book and I get to ask her questions. That's really nice. That's cool that you So that this you get is to do one that. of I know, right? She's awesome. So this is one of the questions I will I will ask her is did did he not know how old she was or is it a turn of phrase? It's probably just a turn of phrase. But I like I think to it's think. probably a turn of phrase, but I like to think that like he doesn't know how old she is because it's not important to him. Right. And he's not creepily obsessed with her in the same way that she is. No, he just like kind of has a vague idea of how old she is. <sighs> You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's the end of this uh, segment. Have you never felt obsessed with someone before? Oh, no. Where I totally you would, have. would you, where you would um, reread their note a million times if they wrote to you or listen to voicemails repeatedly or anything? I totally have. But when I was a kid. Yeah, not now. Not, not not in your 30s? No. No. No, fair enough. Not, not in the Although, second half of my 30s. <laughs> um, the last time Quentin was deployed for a long time, I was 23. I think I was 23, and he was gone nine months. That's so a I'm long time. I'm getting a nod. Yeah, and it's 20, a long time. And 23 is still young. It's we'd only been school. married. A, yeah, we'd only been married about a year. And keep in mind, I'm a military spouse, okay? That means I don't have, I can't go to my sister's house when I'm lonely. I can't go to my mom and dad's house for a sleepover. I don't even have friends. I'm just wherever the military plopped us, and then they took my friend and they put him in a desert for nine months. Yeah, that's, that's no good. No. And this was before I had like internet friends and social media and. Instagram and podcasting and all that other stuff. Like the entire time he was gone, I just like read books and watched movies. I worked like I had a job, but jobs only take up so many hours. I didn't have any friends, you guys. Let that sink in. Okay. I'm not trying to get attention. 
I'm just trying to like paint a picture. I didn't have friends or family. So I literally like woke up, went to work, and then had nothing to do with the rest of my time. So you're saying that you can understand Lavana's troubles. A little bit. And isn't that disturbing? But like we said earlier, you just gotta, you gotta learn. You gotta learn from what she's doing and do the opposite. You really do. So we already talked to him about my song choice, Gorgeous by Taylor Swift, um, because she is freaking obsessed with him. He's so gorgeous. She can't say anything to his face. And she's furious because he's out of her reach and he's unobtainable and she can't think of anything else. I just love it. Anyways, what was your song choice? (laughs) My song choice is called Invisible by Skylar Gray. And there are a couple of lines in this song that really like made me think of this segment of the book. Um, Let me take a look. Let's see. Okay, one of the lines is, Here inside my quiet hell, you cannot hear my cries for help. I tried everything to make them see me, but everyone sees what I can't be. And there's another line. Every day I try to look my best, even though inside I'm such a mess. Why do I always feel invisible? Sometimes when I'm alone, I pretend that I'm a queen. It's almost believable. That's this a is line like, from the book, from the song. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm alone, I pretend that I'm a queen. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Right? You should listen to the song. It's that is a perfect, perfect song. Yeah. Oh no! Wait, it gets even better. Oh, does it? Okay, I'm listening. I'm all ears. Okay. Even when I'm walking on a wire, that's not appropriate. Even when I set myself on fire, why do I always feel invisible? (gasps) Even fire? Even fire. Like, this is Lavana's song. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah. Okay. I hope everybody votes for that. I really do. I think that works really (laughs) well. I'm very hopeful that's what people vote on. That's what you should vote for. <laughs> sometimes the, the sometimes people pick better books than the, or songs than I do. That's why I like getting to talk about it. Can I didn't I even know you? that song existed and how perfect is it? Right? It's really good. Um, can I tell you that I really wanted my song title, even though it's even though it's not like it's the opposite of of what the song actually means, but I really like the first thing that popped into my head was "Very Merry Unbirthday," <laughs> but that's not what that's not what an unbirthday no, is. No, that's not what an unbirthday is. I think you emailed me that that you were I like, did. "This would have been great, but it doesn't actually make sense." Yeah, it doesn't actually <laughs> make sense at all. But like, this was totally a terrible birthday, and now we've you know. We've talked about it a little bit more that it's her party and she can cry if she wants to would also have been very applicable. I agree. But you know what? This song, Invisible by Skylar Gray, yeah. It's perfect. It's the winner. And you know it's what? the winner in my heart. Again, it goes really well with your quote. Right. It's almost like I did it on purpose. I know. <gasps> almost. What? Almost. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> so do you want to read your quote? I would love to read my quote. <laughs> if anyone had been paying attention to her, if anyone had cared, they would have heard, but no one did. Because she's invisible. She's invisible. So good. Mine was also my song, but it was what I said earlier. She could feel Everett's presence in the room like a gravitational pull. I don't know. It just breaks my heart. I hate Lavana. I do not like her. She is a horrible person. I really need to keep reading this book so that we can talk about if she, how she becomes the evil villain of our story. Because right now, I just want to make her some hot cocoa and give her a hug and tell her everything's going to be okay. And maybe we should talk about obsession and how bad it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not great. It's really it's not, not great. And, you know, just everything that she's experiencing in her formative years is changing her into the person she becomes later. It makes me sad. It really does. I just feel like we should say, if you feel like these ways, reach out. Yeah. Reach out to someone. Even to us, us we would to, help yeah. you. Reach out to me, reach out to Amanda, reach out to a grown-up, tell a stranger on Reddit, like, find somebody to talk to. Because it's okay. But you will feel better if you talk to someone. You will. So this week, there were two Easter eggs. The bonus word hair appeared twice. There was a return of the glove with seven appearances, and mirrors came up once. Next week is the two-year anniversary of Prince Guy Fan Pod. And we are going to cover chapters 49 and 66. Next week, I will be joined by Shan Lightyear, who is an incredible fan artist, basically a celebrity within the fandom. I'm super excited to have her on. Please remember that Prince Kai Fan Pod is a free podcast and always will be. If you'd like to show your support for the show, head over to patreon.com slash princekaifanpod. Patreon allows you to get extra perks and behind-the-scenes bonuses for only $1 a month. If you can't join Patreon but would still like to show your support because you just love the show so much, head over to coffee.com slash princekaifampod. That's K-O hyphen F-I dot com slash princekaifampod and leave a one-time only tip. Your support will help me bring you more TLC and Marissa Meyer content that you know and love. Now, let's get back to the episode. Let's take a moment and plug Fictional Hangover Podcast. Hey, yeah. Everybody come and listen to Fictional Hangover. It's a lot of fun. Um, currently, what I want to tell everyone about is that we are reading the Vampire Academy series. You know, I told you that's what I'm currently reading. We're reading Vampire Academy. It's the last book that we discuss on the podcast each month. And we have a Vampire Academy book club that you can join in and chat with us about Vampire Academy. The last month. month. Yeah. I love that you have a little um, book cub. That's so cute. It's adorable. We have a lot of fun talking about Vampire Academy. A lot of fun. Yeah. It started out. I haven't read those. They're really good. Um, You know, we're currently currently on book four. Um, How many are there? There are six in the original series, and then there's a spinoff series that also has six books. So we're doing them throughout the year. 
we're going to do one Vampire Academy book every month. And then it switches to Bloodlines in the summer, but it's still Vampire Academy. It still counts. Okay. But it's a lot of fun. I love it. Yeah. And we also, I mean, if you follow the show, you can find us on all social media. Even TikTok. I started a TikTok about cosplay. The cosplay that I do every week. I need your closet and your makeup skills. (laughs) Because I am dreadful. (laughs) It's really hard to to dress up as regular people. After doing so much fun cosplay, it's like my hoodie feels boring now. Right. So when I do things for Vampire Academy, I mean they're just they're just regular people for the most part. They might have fangs depending on which character you are, but like that's nothing. That's not a cosplay. That's that's me that's putting in my fangs that I own. So it's not <laughs> it's not a big deal. Anytime uh, I see someone with fangs, I think of an old Scooby Doo movie. <laughs> There's an old Scooby Doo movie about a witch, and it's got these this girl band in it called the Hex Girls, and one of them has a dad who's a dentist, and he made them all fake dentures so they could have vampire teeth. That is nice. Can I tell you something that I learned? <laughs> recently about having vampire fangs if you want okay and this is like a cosplay secret if you want (laughs) to make yourself some temporary fangs and you like don't know where to get them or you don't know how how to make them you can use fake fingernails cut them into the shape of fangs and apply them to your gums with like denture adhesive they look just like right now they look just like (laughs) at least it's fake fingernails right i mean don't cut off your own fingernail (laughs) like real fingernails would really freak me out not gonna lie but just you know think of those like artificial nails that you can buy at the store they're they're not expensive cut them in the shape of things and glue them to your gums baby you're a vampire but anyway that doesn't have anything to do with anything that we're talking about (laughs) so everyone Everyone go and check out Fictional Hangover. Join in on our Vampire Academy book club. It's a lot of fun. We we will welcome you with open arms. Yes, and don't forget to tune in May 19th, so two days after this episode comes out. No, a week after this episode comes out. Nine days after this episode comes out. <laughs> and join the Patreon so you can be a part of this awesome Zoom party that I'm setting up for everybody. And check out Patreon for a chance to be a guest on an episode with me and other super fun perks. Visit us over on ko-fi for a little bit of a donation if you don't feel like joining Patreon. Instagram, rate, review, and subscribe. All that good stuff. Social media, the works. I feel like I said all my stuff. Yeah, I feel like I have all of those things as well. But just <laughs> in instead of, you know, Prince Guy Fan Pod, just... Switch it hangover. to fictional hangover, and sometimes it's fictional, on Twitter, it's fictional hangover. Right. Fictional hangover, no er. That's that's exactly. also how our red bubble is. Okay, you can get some really excellent, terrible t-shirts and other merchandise on. <laughs> on and red hopefully, bubble. there will be one that says, "My heart is confused." <laughs> my heart is confused because that's what yep. I need in my life. Yeah. It's also happen. me. Like, my heart is constantly confused. Like, right now, I'm confused about my feelings for Ferris and Lavana. I don't like it. Right? I need I need to make your shirt. <laughs> it needs to happen. 
Yeah, I want one. I need it. I'm going to wear it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So a big thank you, as always, for coming here because I adore talking to you. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. I always have fun on your show. Yes, and I'm really excited because you're going to be back soon. I am. Hooray. I didn't get to record it all with you for like ever, it felt like. And now I get two with you, like right right next to each other. Has it been – God, I feel like – it was like the beginning of Cress almost. I feel like it was a while ago. It might have been the beginning of Cress. Let me let me scroll down the old Instagram and find out. It was it's, I feel like it was the beginning of Cress. I feel like it was over the summer. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. I have I have other people now. I used to have like three people and now that I let Patreon people come on episodes, I have like a lot more people that I have to accommodate. <laughs> it can't just be me on every episode? Come no. on, man. Actually, you and I would probably do really well together on episodes. I know. Just saying. Okay, so last time you were on was episode 75, chapter 22 of Cress. So, like, a third of the way, because I think there were 61 chapters. Yeah, yeah. So, so the beginning-ish. Yeah, the beginning-ish. Still, I mean, that was in, whatever, October 26th. So, like, nine months ago? Six months ago? How does math work? I don't know. I don't know math. (laughs) But that was when um, I was trying to find something on a page, and I was like, I feel like it's on the bottom right-hand side. And then I opened it, and it was on the bottom right-hand side. Yes. And you told me to take a picture. Yes. And it was was weird, but yes, it was perfect. Yeah, I still can't believe that was really on the bottom right-hand page. That's just what I thought it was. (laughs) My memory works well. Anyways. (laughs) Um, (laughs) listeners keep reading keep listening and as always don't get glamoured the passages read for you today are from Ferris by Marissa Meyer this podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger today's special guest was Amanda from Fictional Hangover Podcast the intro outro music was composed by Emma Pavo and the logo art was created by Angela Wong thank you for listening